so we've dealt with the frontier in space. And now it's time for chapter two, dear. Because now we're on the planet of the Daleks. Wow! So, uh... Damn! Uh, Damn! Oh, apparently... Damn, I'm on a new frontier! Yeah, I, it's called one meter away from your microphone. <laughs> What's it like? What's the gravity like there? Um, it's like the same. The air is breathable. There's cats. Uh-huh. So that's pretty uh -huh. good. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Hold um... On. Are the cats trying to kill you? Uh, no, let me slowly make my way back. Oh man, this is treacherous. Hold on. Oh shit! Hang on. Oh. Okay, I made it back. I made it back. I'm good. Oh, okay, dude's back. Yeah, it was. It was really hard. Okay. Um. There's well, there's a recap, and the doctor's not dead. Telepathic, blah blah blah. Uh, but the doctor then faints, and Joe pulls As out a do. bed for him to lie on, and he says he's going to sleep and to log some stuff for him. In the middle of his sleep, the doctor has some convulsions, which is fun. Joe mentions the doctor, um, doctor's breathing and heartbeat is gone, and she's remembered like he did this once before, but he's recovered. So yeah, there's that. And then the TARDIS lands, so Joe really hopes that the Time Lords are remote controlling them and going to be able to help, or whatever, wherever they might be. Which, kind of. The Doctor really has a bad case of ice on his face now, and then his eyes shoot open and he's just hanging out. So Joe goes outside to go find some help. Everything is scary plants and trees. Things are inking up the TARDIS, which is gross. After wandering mm. around for a while... The sun comes up, and ja Joe's jacket is covered in some stuff, so she throws it away, while all the plants give her the side eye. Also, there's weird heavy breathing happening. I don't really... It's weird. And then... <sighs> the plants nearby are moving, but there's no one there! Uh, Joe gets sprayed by a plant with pus, and then the doctor is awake and walking around the ship. And he's like, huh, outside is breathable, but there's no... But, like... The oxygen in the ship is almost depleted. Oh, time to go outside. Wait, I can't. And then Joe goes inside and find the of a ship that she found with the ore building. She goes inside of it and she sees a man in a spacesuit. I thought that was dead and covered in spider webs. Um, while the doctor can't seem Oops. to get his door open and the oxygen supply is depleted, so he decides to use the emergency one, which is also depleted. Weird. Joe is now hiding on the ship while another man in a spacesuit comes up, finds her. He has a gun. Both pilots look identical, so they're probably aliens. Because that's a trope in this fucking show. Apparently to them, there's no place as Earth that doesn't exist anymore. Joe asks for medical help and they go, no, fuck you. Wait, actually, yes. Then there's something else on the planet. Joe's lucky they didn't find them. And then another beige man that looks the exact same comes up and goes that there's more people coming. So, Joe, stay here and we'll chase them off and go help the doctor. So lock yourself in this room. She goes, okay. Meanwhile, Invisible okay. Thing is back and fucking with some stuff inside the ship. And the, I coined them as the beige trio is headed towards the doctor to find out. They're very beige. What's up with that? Uh, so they're not going to save her. Invisible dude is at Joe's locked door now and trying to break in. And the doctor seems to be running out of oxygen and still can't get the door open, so he's probably dead. 
We, however, see that the TARDIS is covered in, like, insulation foam. Uh, and the beige boys are taking it off and get him out. And they're like, are you good? And he's like, yeah. What about Joe? She, they're like, yeah, she's, he's, she's good. And one of the dudes, this is very important, is really pissy. Like, really, really pissy. Um, but then the doctor recognizes these people from Scarrow and their thals from, you know, way back with those people. And the first doctor, and... The Thals. Yeah. And then I'm the doctor. Yeah, no, you're not. I'm gun-happy and pissy, and I think you're a spy. Because of course I do. Apparently the doctor was infected by a fungus, and without treatment, it would have covered and engulfed him. Uh, the planet is full of plants and animals, and but more plants that are like animals. And there's also Spiridons that live here, and they're invisible. Don't worry about that. The beige mission is top secret, and their ship is damaged, so they're pretty fucked. And the doctor offers to help them, but they still don't trust him. Meanwhile, we see that Joe is covered in fungus and dying. And then we they run into some invisible dudes, and they're like, Look, if we use spray paint, you can see what it is. And they do, and it's a Dalek. So, that's the episode. <laughs> what? Oh my god, it's a Dalek. Uh, on the planet of the Daleks. Yeah, which, shocking, I know. As as people quite regularly point out, why is the Doctor surprised? He telepathically told the Time Lords about like the Daleks and the fact that the Daleks are planning to attack the galaxy and he wanted them to take him where the Daleks were. So why is he surprised there's Daleks here? Hell <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Um, so this is chapter two of the... I guess what you could call the Daleks Master Plan Number Two. Um, mm-hmm. This was written by Terry Nation, creator of the Daleks, and it fucking shows that it was written by him because it's the exact same story he writes all the time with Daleks, and it's incredibly slow. Um, it this entire thing was meant to be a throwback to the original '60s part because. Um, uh, because, uh, the, you know, 10th anniversary, they wanted to do retro, they wanted to flex and be like, hey, we can do a better, se- like, 12-part series now, better than the 10-part series they did. Um, needless to say, uh, as much as I like this story, it is very slow. Um, it's as slow as some early 60s ones, and I am not going to... I completely understand if your ranking of this is low because of it. Um, but, uh, in amongst this, there is a lot of interesting things. Um, chief of which being, uh, this entire plotline sets up what's uh, commonly known as the Second Dalek War, which is a, 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 a war involving the Daleks, essentially um, war between the Daleks and the humanity in the roughly 26th century. Um, the funny thing is, it set that up, but they never come back to it in the show. <laughs> um, they, they're just like, here's this oncoming war we're talking about, and then it's just like, yeah, forget about it. Um, uh, it, it does come back in, in books and audio adventures uh, in the 2000s. They ended up actually doing some stuff with it. And this episode especially was retroactively added to the Time Lord Victorious uh, multimedia event thing. Uh, because it is a prelude to the, I believe, the Daleks 
uh, online 3D cartoon animation that they mm-hmm. made uh, for Time Lord Victorious. Uh, so they they finally did something with it in 2020. Um, so it took them a long fucking time. Uh, but yes, uh, Terry Nation came back and he is long criticised for the fact that when he writes the Daleks, he only really writes the same story over and over again. And this one especially is basically a retooling of the first Dalek story, um, including similar plot devices of there's a group of Daleks in a city encountering Thals on a ravaged planet. And there's a deadly plague, or, you know, there's a plot device that kill everything instead of a bomb in the old one. It was a, a plague in this one. Um, there's disguises. There's a doctor in a cell with paralyzed legs. Uh, it, it, it's basically the same story, just changed for the 70s. No! Um, I know, right? And But the changes they made in the 70s are good changes. Uh, anyway... We'll, we'll see what happened in the next episode, though, dear. What happened in it? Uh, the Dalek seems to be kind of dead or just not alive-ish. Uh, but this one's a new kind of Dalek. They can stay invisible for short periods of time by using an anti-reflecting light wave. And it takes a lot of power to do that, so they can only do it for a little bit. Beige wants to lift its head up, off, and but like they're like, no, don't do that. If it does that, then there's a distress call, so don't. Uh, Joe, meanwhile, wakes up, covered her arm in mushroom, whatever, uh, records some more again in her log. Pissy beige dude wishes the commander was still alive, and he's like, I don't like this guy's, uh, superior, superior bullshit. Pissy. He's real pissy. Don't like him. Uh, there's more than, there's no more than 12 Daleks here, supposedly, trying to learn the technique of invisibility. Meanwhile, there's a thing in the plants, uh, going for beige pissy dude and two other dudes run into more Daleks wandering around and check out the area in the other direction to make sure it's safe for everybody. And then the doctor, we cut back to the doctor mentioning that the eye plants don't, uh, mentions the eye plants and they apparently don't like the spiritons at all and they get freaked out by him. And then pissy dude gets attacked by a vine and he should have died here. But the doctor cuts it off and it doesn't scream. Uh, and then all the other beige dudes come back. Joe walks outside the ship collapses instantly before trying to go back inside and then invisible bro walks up to the ship after watching her and opens the door and is like hey what's up the doctor and the beiges are being chased by an invisible thing one dude runs off as a distraction so that the other dudes can run past but he gets attacked of course with a stick by an invisible something daleks also drive by the spaceship report it to command and they're told to destroy it. The doctor runs out, and he's like, no, don't, there's someone in there! And they knock him down and destroy the ship anyway, so Joe's dead, I guess. Um, doctor is held yep. prisoner with other beige guy that they caught, too. Apparently the beige people only just now attempted this space flight. They only just kind of learned the science, so this was, like, a cool thing for them to do. So quick, empty out your pockets to help. And he finds Joe's log of what happened, and now he's sad. But then cut to Joe, who's asleep under some nice fur. And, and there's an invisible thing here, and it's mixing some stuff, and he pours some barbecue sauce on her arm. And then she learns that there's Daleks here. And then the beige bros have found their explosive and wants to rush the Daleks. And he's like, no, what the fuck? So Pishy bro, Pissy Bro instead goes, hey, fuck you, I'm holding you at gunpoint, give me the explosives. But then there's wind and light 
and an explosion in the distance. It's a spaceship coming in too fast and burning up, apparently. Uh, before the Daleks invaded, they used a bacteria against the invisible dudes, which is how they took over. The beige yep. bros find a beige babe. Oh, and she's like, I might be the only survivor. It's fine. And she's like, listen, there's a, like 10,000 Daleks here. And they're like, what? And that's the episode. So I, I jokingly said it while we were watching it, but then I read up on the episode and was like, oh, no, <laughs> I was right. Um, so the, the, the female Thal, known as Rebecca, um, wasn't in the original script. It was a man initially, but Terrence Dix and Barry Letts basically had to beg Terry Nation to include a female character because they were like, come on, please, like... We need, like, I, I, I believe their re- partially their reasoning was like, we need to have, like, a woman in there for the, the female audience. But also it was like, it was like partially that, but also just like, come on, we need, like, we can't just have all these men. Like, it's the 70s, dude. You can't just have, like, we, we need some sort of variety in the characters. They can't just all be fucking white beige men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so and in in in, in the interrogation was like fine okay I'm gonna name her after my daughter then, <laughs> um, yeah I'm not I'm, I'm Terrence Sticks not Terrence Sticks Terry Nation at this point um he had the reason why he came back to Doctor Who as I kind of mentioned before was um the Daleks master plan the original episode uh that he basically thought up and everything, uh, worked with other people on, was a pilot, essentially, that he was taking to the US to create a spin-off Dalek TV show that was meant to be about the secret space service that would hunt down Daleks, essentially. Uh, the pilot failed. Uh, it's not viewable anywhere, but Big Finish did a an audio version of it that you can get, I believe. I haven't listened to it yet. I have it, but I haven't listened to it yet because I don't have time. Um, uh, so basically, that kind of failed for him. So he came back and, and wrote a few more, uh, as well as the Doctor Who movies mm. that came out with Peter Cushing. I believe there were two of them, or there was a third one, or they were going to make a third one, and then it, they were like, yeah, we didn't make enough money. Um but I also jokingly said that um, they they took some Daleks from the movie and put them in here, and that's half true. Um, one Dalek they very specifically did, and it's very noticeable which one they did. It's in the final few episodes. You don't but say. They they had some more money this time, and they were like, okay, we can't get away with just cardboard cutouts of Daleks anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's in colour now, it would be way too obvious that they're just cardboard. So basically what they did was they made um, uh, wooden completely, like, all the Daleks were basically wooden already, but um, these ones didn't have any mechanisms inside that people could move, yeah. so they were basically just blocks of wood that would just sit there, so they had a Dalek. That's why some Daleks just sit there and don't move at all. Um, because they're literally just props. Um, this design of the Daleks, though, stays for a very long time. They don't end up designing new Daleks for another, f- I want to say, ten years or so after this. Um, they refine it, obviously, and, like, 
get better at timing when Daleks talk and having the lamps go on, because that's something that they've always fucking struggled with, um, and it's always funny to me. <laughs> um, they do get better at it, but at the at, at this point, it's like they're almost there. They're almost at the point where like you don't have Daleks running into like doors and shit, and you don't have like. Dumb, well, really, really like dumb production errors with Daleks. They're almost there, um, but uh, yeah, one of at least one of the Dalek props that they used was also from Terry Nation's private collection, because um, uh, he was given some Daleks after the filming of the first Doctor Who movie, which wasn't really Doctor Who movie; it was a more Dalek movie. Um, and then they they recycled the Dalek that they used in this because it was the gold Dalek in the film, and then they recycled it, essentially, and changed it a little bit to, to be the supreme Dalek in this one. Um, but, uh, yeah, what happens in the next character? Character? Next... <sighs> next episode. There's no characters in this. Mm. There's... I barely remember the Thal's names, to be honest. All I remember is Taran, and then it's Pissy, Woman... <laughs> Uh, beige pissy rose. woman. Uh, the base wh- rose. Uh, what was what was the other one? Oh yeah, base rose. Uh, then there's love interest, mm-hmm. and there's dies for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. so what happens in the next episode, dude? Well, time for everyone to move because there's not much time while Joe and Invisible are trying to get into the city. Uh, they also kidnap the other invisible guys to make them work for them. The Daleks, I mean. So that's why all the invisible dudes are working for them. Uh, the Doctor is messing with Joe's log, and it's te- it's a temporary chance for them to get away. Apparently, the core of the old Earth is molten ice. But it's being used to cool something, so they should follow through the shafts. So the beige bros go through the shafts, and the beige babe does too. Joe sneaks sneakers sneaks her way onto one of the boxes covered in leaves uh in order to be pushed inside the city it works the beige family heads into one shaft and it's really cold so let's keep moving joe's inside now the doctor and uh that beige bro are going to be interrogated so when the dalek comes in they attack it it spins around a whole bunch it crashes into the wall they're good to go in the tunnels the ice has erupted Apparently, the ice volcano has erupted, and they need it's to get away ice from it. Volcano. Yeah, the doctor and beige are caught by a Dalek, and then they run off. But now everybody's on alert for them to be escaped, and nearly they nearly get killed. So they take an elevator down because it's the only direction to go. They finally find a floor without a Dalek on it, and then they meet the people. Uh, in the in the ice tunnels, and they're like, "Get us out!" And they're like, "All right, cool. It's time to uh t- time now. It's red time. Do, 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 do. It's red time. The time is now red. It's red time. Yes. Time is now red. The the clock has moved to the red quadrant. We yes. are in danger zone. Red time. Yes. Um. So close all the cooling ducts, and then it tries to close on them, and then they break it open and get everybody out. Uh, pissy dude. I okay. Joe learns a bunch of stuff about what's happening, and she's like, cool. I thought Pissy Dude sacrifices himself. He doesn't. But I forgot it's not Pissy Dude. It's just a dude. Um, So I'm just going to say the beige dude sacrifices himself because it doesn't matter. That's 
That's guy who dies for no reason. Yes. And because of that, he literally has the map of where the explosives are on him and the Daleks find it. In the mm-hmm. room, they find this weird refrigeration unit. But why would they need it? This place is already cool enough. So what? They're also in a ventilator. Sh- in- There's also a ventilator shaft. That's probably how to get out. Uh, while the Daleks are using their their a tiny knife to cut through the door, Doctor finds some plastic, and they're making basically a hot air balloon. And then the Doctor, yep. they're about to go. And the doctor's like, huh, there's a door over here. And he opens it up and sees thousands of Daleks. All right, time to go. Uh, too bad everyone's weight is taking, like, it forever and can't lift them all up because they're all too fat. That's the episode. Yep, they're all too fat. They're all going to die. Yeah. Um, so, one really weird, incredibly 70s thing about this episode was that um according to apparently text on the dvd um it was decided at one point that all on-screen actors had to wear makeup including the dalek operators uh who like the reason why was because they were they were scared that they could be seen through the mesh of the props um in protest the operators one day dressed up their daleks as women and uh, the the voices of the Daleks playing along with the joke decided to provide a suitably campy voice for the dolled up Daleks. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like it's not like a uh, like a trans thing. It's just like a weird like <laughs> women wear makeup. We don't wear makeup. We're men. We don't need to. Do this. Do you want the Daleks to be women? It's like what. Is- what you fucking what you okay? You <laughs> like, good? This is dumb. This is dumb. Um, also, another weird thing about it. Uh, during the production of this serial, uh, David Bowie and his band visited the BBC Television Centre and sort of mingled with the cast. Oh. Um, and a passerby jokingly asked if uh, Bowie and Co would be playing aliens in in the show. <laughs> um, which is actually funny because David Bowie was actually offered the role. Uh, offered a role in a episode in the 80s um, and he was going to take it but he had to decline due to production dates conflicting with his uh, uh, tour dates so he couldn't do it which is a mm-hmm. shame because it was it's regarded as actually one of the best episodes ever made so that would have been great if Bowie was in it too um, uh, also uh, Latep who his name I only remember because of this dumb fact. His inig- initial name was Petal, uh, uh, but they changed it to not confuse people with Patel from the previous story. Because remember, the story leads into the next one. So they're mm-hmm. like, well, if we have one person called Patel and one person called Petal, people will get confused. It's like, what? <laughs> they're very clearly different characters. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, okay. But... Yeah, it's really fucking weird. Um, uh, oh, God. Okay, we'll leave it at that. What happens in the next episode? Uh, one second. Hold on, I was doing something. Um, So, the balloon lifts up finally, and they're fine, and there they go. Good thing the Daleks look up. But then suddenly they look up! Um, And then they shoot up into the vent, and they can't reach them because they're out of range now. But it's going to take a really long time to get up. So that sucks. 
Time to head up to the top of the shaft and cut them off. Also, meanwhile, there we are ready to detonate the explosives too. So there's that. So they walk up to see the explosive and they're like, all right, we got to go tell somebody about this. And Joe goes over and speeds up the clock on one of the explosives instead and steals the other, or tries, no, wait, she gets hit by a, in the head with a rock first. God damn it, Joe. <sighs> But then the Daleks can fly now by some reason. And one heads up into the vent. And then the timer on the bomb is almost done. Joe wakes up, realizes what's happened, takes the two other bombs, runs. The Daleks come up to see the bombs and it blows up. Doctor mentions that they should be able to reach the surface before the Dalek does. And they everybody climbs out. But then the thing breaks and the doctor has to be pulled out, actually. And then a rock hits the Dalek coming up and stops it from ascending. Everyone runs away. Joe and the doctor now meet up. Everyone is safe. Let's talk about some stuff over here and chill out and talk about being rescued by a bull. Beige lady's here. Captain is upset that she's here. It's a suicide mission now, and he loves you, so now it's your fucking fault if he ha- he can't do something, because fuck you. The Daleks are still fucking around. Want to make a culture that destroys all living things on the planet, aside from the workers and the Daleks. Joe goes to talk to the lady, and I'll talk to the man. Here's an uplifting conversation between all of us. But then a beige dude comes up with the other beige boys. Ooh. But they're missing the bombs. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Oh, Joe has them. That's good. Let's go to this one place where we'll be safe. Too bad all the plants and animals are also going to be there. Hmm. That sucks. A beige guy also really likes Joe and she touches his hand and she's like, hi. And he's like, oh my God, that means you love me. And then Joe's... And she's like, uh, uh, um, Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Joe... Don't you think the Daleks are different? Hmm, that's something to think about. Up at the rocks, though, things are terrifying. There's something in the sky screaming. Pissy dude is here and doesn't- and wants to just attack the fucking Daleks. And they're like, no, that's stupid. What the fuck? And they're like, well, the Daleks really need those low temperatures, so let's just destroy the refrigeration stuff, right? And then the commander and Pissy get into a fucking fist fight because he sucks. And the bacteria to kill everyone is almost ready to go. And everyone's going to die within an hour of inhaling it. So there's that. They also get told where the humans are hiding. So now they know where they are. Pissy dude, the next morning, ran off with the bombs because he's a piece of shit. We also noticed that there's a billion things staring at them from the darkness. And while pissy dude is being chased by the other beige guys to be stopped, he gets caught by invisible things and taken to the Daleks. So that's the episode. Yeah. So one thing one thing mentioned in this is that um the conquest of Spiridon follows kind of the same tactics that um Daleks use to uh, subjugation and uh conquer worlds, which is uh, viral warfare to weaken the people, which is weaken the Spiridons, uh, followed by the subjugation of the survivors, and then the utter conquest and moving on to the next world. Uh, they use it constantly. They use it in this, they use it in on Earth, remember, in the Dalek invasion of Earth. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to have a, a kind of a weird callback in that sort of sense. 
Um, but also in this, weirdly, episode three of this was either erased or junked for some weird reason. All they had was a black and white recording of it, um, which I don't. I don't think anyone understands why. No one. No one knows why. Only episode three had a black and white. Like only episode three was junked. Um, no one knows why. Um, but they recolored it, and you probably didn't even notice it was recolored. No. Um, because they do a good job recoloring it most of the time. Also, um, a lot of people, including uh, Katie Manning and uh, Bernard Horsfall, Horse, Horse, Horsfall, who I believe played uh, Taron. Who also, fun fact, if you remember him from the War Games, he played one of the, the Time Lords there. And if you remember the Mind Robber, he was Gulliver in it, if you remember that. Yeah. Um, he he has a, a, a weird history with Doctor Who, and he's not even done with that yet. He comes back again um, later on. He just Good loves coming back in Doctor Who in, in different role every single time. Um, both of them, and a lot of other people, kind of express the opinion that the jungle fighting is like kind of a deliberate nod to Vietnam, especially with the whole, you know, chemical warfare, uh, trying to fight for a location, guerrilla tactics sort of thing. Uh, Terrence Dix and Barry Letts kind of state that they don't actually believe Terry Nation would have done that deliberately, but considering everything going on at the time, it it isn't unfounded that, like, he it unconsciously influenced him to like write it specifically kind of like that but considering mm-hmm. the type of person Terry Nation was and the type of stuff he wrote uh, he surprisingly is not as uh, uh, politically message driven as someone like uh, Malcolm Hulk who made a point to include a political message in everything he wrote <laughs> which oh man I, I hate that we're nearing the end of Malcolm Hulk's episodes um, I do love them but uh, what happens in the next episode, dear? Um, the the beige bros see this, of course, right? So they're like, "All right, fuck!" Beige lady shoots off into the darkness around them, scares off the things a little bit. They come back. Uh, beige bros attack one of the invisible men, steal its blanket so he can sneak up close and save his friend. Meanwhile, Doctor realizes that fireworks to scare the animals away, so they're gonna use that. One of the beige bros goes to talk to his friend to figure out the plan one more time, but accidentally talks to an invisible dude, but then he's saved and it's fine. Doctor now learns of the plan of destroying the refrigeration unit. But that's bad. It would bring them to life, apparently. They're in cold storage until needed. That sucks. But an invisible guy is here. He's the one who helped Joe, and the doctor nearly kills him. He tells him about the bacteria bomb. Then the invisible dudes have... Uh, gotten pissy dude back to the Daleks and they're ready to interrogate him. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm never telling you. Actually, sure, what's up? Uh, They're that way. And then he fucking books it. And he gets killed, of course. Thank God. And the Daleks' antidote is good to go, so let's put the bacteria out there to immunize and immunize everybody. The doctor's plan is needing to trust... needing trust in him, but we gotta go back to the city and get caught for it to work. Joe heads out with the dude that loves her and is trying to find a Dalek attention because she's tired of this shit. Doctor apparently found a molten ice pool. Now everything is happening, honestly, and they aren't taking prisoners, so that sucks. Joe and What's-His-Face bring back a Dalek, and now the plan is in action. 
Doctor and a beige dude throws the Dalek into an icy molten whatever. Joe plays a game of hide behind the Dalek where it can't see you. And everyone else covers it in a blanket and beats on it with rocks. And then they throw both of them into the molten ice. Apparently, Joe's invisible dude wants to talk to the section leader about the humans in his trap. So, huh, that's weird. Then there's a minor error in something they're working on, so they need to fix it very carefully. Beige lady is inside of a Dalek now. And they need to blow a cooling vent, but not the refrigeration unit specifically. This is very important. Very important. The doctor and the two beige dudes are in fur blankets again, and everybody's sneaking in. Meanwhile, Joe's invisible dude just straight, like, opens the bacteria container, and everyone inside can never leave. So that sucks. He's also dead. Um, then we see that he has an actual, like, form? After he's dead, so that's something. Uh, then one of the beige bros, his his Tims get seen. So they're like, oh, fuck! And then they raise the alarm and get caught. That's oh the episode. His Tims. Yeah, his fucking Tims. <laughs> so the little model Dalek army that's... I'm, I'm honestly shocked that Deer was able to see that it was a model army. It wasn't actually, like, like two scale. That, like... Seriously, how did you notice, dear? I was... I... It's it's impossible to tell. Um, the model army that they have, Barry Letts makes it very clear on the commentary on the DVD that he was incredibly unhappy with the, the model army. Uh, he do also didn't like the sets that were used for the interior of the city, although he was like, we didn't have the money for it, so we couldn't do... It, it was, I guess it's like the best we could have done, but he really wasn't happy with it. Um, but the funny thing is, if you were a kid in the 70s, you could actually probably make the model Dalek army uh, thing yourself. Uh, because it was, they, they the plaster molds that they used for them were based off of an actual commercially available Dalek toy. Um, which is why... You can so obviously tell that they're models because they are the tops of them do not look like Daleks at all. They look like um they look like the uh R uh what was it R four I believe or R five droids from Star Wars. The ones that are like R two D two, but they have the very more oval looking shape. Um, it's really distracting. But yeah, Barry Letts was like, it looks fucking awful. Um, they used the same toys, actually, in The Evil of the Daleks, which is a story that we had to skip right now at time of recording, uh, which I'm still frustrated about because I love that story, but it's got a lot of missing episodes and they still haven't gotten to back to fucking reanimating it or anything. <sighs> they used it in that as well, but um, it was the 60s and you could get away with it a lot easier to hide that it was just toys, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, uh, also, this story introduced an almost musical sound effect when the Daleks shoot their guns. Um, this is the only adventure, like, only episode in which it's used, uh, although they then, when they released Day of the Daleks, which we watched, they used it for that, for the special edition, to sort of keep it in time with the, uh, the era, instead of using the one that they use nowadays. Um... The, uh, after this story, though, the next time Daleks fire their weapon is basically the same sound that is used to this day. Um, it's just slightly different now, um, 
but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed hearing the weird musical sound effect of their weapons, dear, because from now on it's going to be the same old beam that you've heard them do in the past. Um, oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Especially since the the, the one after... Yeah. The, the <laughs> I'm very excited to get to that story, actually, because it's one of the best stories ever written. Uh, but before we get to that, tell me what happens in the next episode, dear. Uh, well... They throw blankets over the Daleks, run for it. So now the humans are going to the lower levels, so they need to seal off everything to keep the humans there. So let's barricade this door so the Daleks can't get in and we can set up our bomb. However, the Dalek Supreme Pizza is going to land here and take over everything. And that's the Doctor, and we know that now, so fuck. Joe and What's-His-Face see the Supreme Pizza land on the planet, and then they (laughs) drive away. And Joe... Mm -hmm. The Supreme Pizza? Mm Mm-hmm. Got a problem with that? No, I just wasn't expecting you to say that. Yeah. Joe, listen, this is a suicide mission. There's, But maybe there's a way off this planet now. Also, I love you. And she's just like, uh-huh. And then the Daleks are now trying to get through the, the barrier, the door, the door, do- that, <laughs> barrier the doctor made. The Daleks can be <clears throat> super invisible now, so they are going to start the invasion. So turn off the refrigeration unit. Woohoo! Joe and What's-His-Face just head down the ventilation shaft to meet up with everybody. The Doctor is finally uh, starting to look for a hole big enough to put the bomb while Daleks start to activate inside of the cavern and everyone goes up the catwalk while the Daleks sort of just nudge the the bomb on the ground so they have to sneak? uh, Climb down? They just kind of grab it. Uh, And the Daleks don't really pay any attention to them even though he's literally like climbing on top of them um it's fine uh the the timing mechanism is broken let's fix it all right cool meanwhile the dude has come down with the vent from the vent with his bomb and joe but the daleks are through the barrier so they throw their bomb at it blow him up joe meets up with the doctor they're here let's go everybody out of here Bye. Set the Everybody bomb to out. 30 get seconds. The get Run. the fuck out. Bomb goes off. Stops them from being chased, but also it failed? Fuck. Well, we should probably leave anyway. Wait a second! The ice volcano has gone off and poured into the Dalek room. So the Supreme Dalek pizza and the rest of them are trying to abandon the entire place because it's basically fucked. But let's take over the ship that was here from the Daleks. Let's fly back home. Cool. Hey, uh, Joe, do you want to come with this dude? And Joe's like, what? nah, I'm good. Fuck opera. And then they leave. And then they're like, okay, cool. Let's head back to the stars. Oh, fuck. There's Daleks. Daleks coming after us. Let's run. Quickly. Avoid Daleks. Avoid the gross spore shit and get into the TARDIS so we can take off. The Daleks are still going to take time to free their bros from the ice, though. It's not like this isn't going to go anywhere in the future or anything at all. This is actually not sarcasm, but Joe, look up at the monitor. It's Scaro. Do you regret anything? And she's like, nah, let's go to home. She's like, what do you mean? Like, we could go to any planet. She's like, I just want to fucking go home. Like, please take me home. And that's the episode. I love, I love that you're so, like, people would be so used to you being sarcastic in this that you have to include, please, (laughs) trust me, I'm not being sarcastic. This is literally what happens. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, um, 
initially Terry Nation uh, had written that all of the Thal characters would have been killed at the end of episode 5, but uh, Terrence Dix and Barry Letts were like, um, can you not do that? Because we're actually starting to be criticised by the public for being incredibly violent. And like, we want to not get a reputation as just being incredibly needlessly violent. Um, because at the time, like, as a kid's show, Doctor Who doesn't shy away from, like, injuring and killing characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like, characters die on screen in Doctor Who. Like, there's no blood or anything, obviously, because that's a bit too visceral for a kid's show. But, like, a lot of... Even today, you have a lot of kid's shows and family-oriented things where characters will die, but they'll die off screen. Like, where it's, like, they'll be in in the midst of dying, and it'll be like, go, oh, and then they'll, like, have their last breath off screen or something. It's kind of weird how blunt Doctor Who was in the 70s, and they got criticised heavily for it, for a lot of the violence and, and such. So it's, it's, it's always funny to look back at it as like, wait, they were criticised for violence? Like, there's not really much violence going on. And it's like, oh, that's right. We're all desensitised to violence now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially with some of the stuff that happens in later episodes of Doctor Who. Um, uh, but yeah, this, it specifically ends with uh, a Dalek as well going like, uh, hey, they may have stopped us, but we're not done. Like, start unfreezing those Daleks immediately. We're, we're not defeated. We're just delayed. The war will come. And then the show never comes back to it. But there is a direct sequel to this episode uh, called Return of the Daleks. And it's an audio adventure starring the seventh Doctor. Um, and the fact that it's a sequel to this story is kind of a spoiler in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, Doctor Who has this problem where it spoils itself constantly, where it's like, oh, this story is called Planet of the Daleks, but the cliffhanger at, at the end of episode one is that there's Daleks on this planet. Whoa! That's a twist. Um, Doctor Who's got a terrible problem about spoiling shit in itself. Um, but yes, the, the, the plot of that audio adventure, real quick, is that the Doctor comes back a few hundred years later, uh, the planet is renamed to something different, and uh, the Dalek Empire essentially has subjugated the people under, like, they're doing something secret. Uh, he later finds out, wait, this planet had a different name, didn't it? And it's like, oh, fuck, these are the Spyrodons. This is Spyrodon. They've evolved to lose their invisibility? And it's like, wait, the Daleks had experimented on them to, to, to take the genome out, and it's like... We can return, like, partially. The Daleks start find and then start thawing out the Daleks um, that are there. And the Doctor's like, oh, fuck. How about we just, I don't know, turn their heaters against them. And instead of melting the Daleks, we, I don't know, supercharge it and kill them. Uh, and he does. And it's, he, the Seventh Doctor has a, he, he's very violent and very dangerous. Um be very scared of him mm. uh he's destroyed entire planets and he goes on there's audio adventures of the seventh doctor waging war against essentially uh eternal old ones uh lovecraftian beings uh eternal beings at the beginning of the universe just because he's an absolutely terrifying person uh but i've gone off on a tangent that was planet of the daleks um there were daleks on the planet it was a Terry Nation story, so it was 
very much a throwback to the 60s. The entire point of the story was meant to be a throwback to the 60s. And it was, in many ways, more than one. Um, but had that 70s twist with it. Um, probably most obvious in the fact that, like, Joe declines the dude at the end. Um, if this was a 60s story, they would have been like, okay, yep, uh, that's it. This is how she's gonna leave, uh, this... She's not gonna leave with, like, some human or someone. She's just gonna go off with this alien for no fucking reason. Um, but, uh, yeah. Planet of the Daleks, what'd you think, dear? Like a five. There were some things that were interesting, more interesting than the last episode, but there were just, I don't know. Pissy it, dude it upset me, the of... fact that, like, all the dudes literally were just beige and they unrecognizable were not just... okay. from one another. I feel like we need to describe... There is a specific scene where <sighs> you see all of the beige dudes and Joe in a, like, vent together. Yeah. And they all have bleach blonde hair. They're all wearing incredibly beige clothes. And all of the men, none of them have any facial hair. None of them have any sort of scars or anything. They all look exactly the same stock standard white dude. The only way I could differentiate them was... One I know because he's had several roles in Doctor Who, who's Taron. Uh, one looked like Scott Bakula, and then the other one was the pissy one. So it was like, okay, I'm able to differentiate them off that, not because of the specific characters. And then, you know, obviously, the woman. Um, it's... Yeah, it's it has a problem that a lot of 60s Doctor Who era scripts have, where it's like, okay, it's six episodes long, but you really only needed three episodes to tell this. There's kind of a lot of faffing about of, like... We don't need this. Like, cut this out. Like, and thankfully, we are almost, almost at the era where they're like, hey, we should probably, like, cut out, like, all the fat and just get to the story and, like, only include, like, fun bits. And if we do have, like, bits of dialogue that may seem not needed, how about we put actual interesting, fun dialogue in there? Like, you have glimpses of that already with, like, uh, this episode and the previous episode, you have, like, Joe and the Doctor having genuinely, um, like, cute little bits of dialogue and humorous bits of dialogue together where they're sort of talking about the fact that, hey, we've, we're traveling time and we've, we know each other for a very long time now. Um, mm. But this, this episode specifically is written by someone who hasn't been connected to the, the show in a long time. Like, when Terry Nation came to write this episode, he thought the show was still doing individual letter, individual episode titles. Like, remember how, yeah. like, the very first episode was, like, Unearthed Child and it was, like, 100,000 yeah. BC. Like, he thought the show was still doing that, and it hadn't done that since, like, 1966. So, that was a long time ago. Uh, he's very disconnected, which is why this episode feels so slow, especially in comparison to other Third Doctor stories where it's like, this is slow, but like, this is a different type of slow. This is 60s slow. And even then, Terry Nation was one of the better writers out of the 60s. So it's like, out of 60s slow, you have even a more diverse sort of range of like, you have terrible writers who had like, just wrote incredibly boring stories, like The Underwater Menace, which is four episodes of nothing, boring nothing, and it that's why it's a telesnap, because no one cares about the Underwater Menace. And then you have, like, slow, but interesting. It's just, like, if you just cut down on episodes, it would have been really great. Like, The Invasion, which is eight episodes long, and Max probably could have been four or five episodes to be absolutely perfect. Um, 
But yeah, we're we're nearing the end of the the first era of the seventies because, like I said, Terrence Sticks and Barry Letts were starting to look on their way out. Um, well, they were trying to get out, and the BBC were like, "No, no, 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 you're not allowed out yet." Um, uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that just yet. Um, but anyway, next episode, the final episode of season ten, mm-hmm. uh, the Green Death. Mm. Um. Uh. <laughs> I hope you are... Remember how I said that the 70s has a lot of very environmental stories, dear? Yeah. This is probably the most on-the-fucking-nose pollution uh, corporations intentionally destroying the land sort of thing and the consequences of it type story. It is very interesting and it has... Uh, fun fact, taught me the word serendipity as a kid, uh, which stuck with me because of the way they use it in the episode. So, next episode, The Green Death. Hope you're ready for a lovely green death, dear. Uh. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. Do you, would you have said yes to the Thal? To, to love interest Thal? No. I've forgotten his name. I think it's like Caldot or Cad, Cadu, Caducious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.